Welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast for those looking for a window into the life of Concordia Seminary and our library, whether you are a theologian, pastor, or prospective student. Each episode explores deep theological questions, profound insights, and topics of interest, brought to you by both professors and students alike. We hope that these conversations enrich your faith, academic, and professional development by connecting you to our rich resources. Back to the Sources is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Welcome to the Back to the Sources podcast again as we continue our preparation for podcasting, our reflection on the the medium of podcasting, what it might look like to podcast, why you might want to podcast. And especially, we're, we've been talking through, we talked about the what and why, we've talked about a little bit of the how to go about this. Today, we're going to focus on preparation, specifically preparing to record a podcast for academic purposes here at Concordia Seminary. And we've referred to this last week. One of the things that you'll want to check out is the Lib Guide for the Academic Resource Center. We'll again put the link in the show notes. You can also go back to last week's episode to find out a little more about that. One of the things you can find there is rubrics. So we're used to rubrics. We have them for papers and things in our classes. You'll see rubrics as a way to sort of measure what you've done against what maybe a professor's expectation would be, what a department expectation would be for the work you're doing. And so what these rubrics would do is they're dealing with some of the unique features of the podcasting medium. And so they're there on the LibGuide. They're one thing you can check out. And so this will help you give you some ideas for things such, such as form, those kind of details, not, not necessarily content so much. You're going to get some of those unique podcasting features. So that's something to check out, another resource. And there will be a few different resources as we go through, and we will reference to the show notes. So as you're preparing, as you're thinking through this process, there's a couple different things that you might not, it might be a little different than if you were to approach it with a paper. So a paper, you're thinking usually about page length or word count, those kind of things. You're thinking more about time when you're thinking about a podcast for obvious reasons. And different people talk at different speeds. There's not an exact science to this. There is a a skill. This is something preachers are probably more familiar with, maybe being able to tell how long something will go. Right. Based on word count. But this is something that you need to take into account as you prepare. Well, just to give a perhaps an average here, the, the normal human speaks at about 150 words per minute. So if you're going to be speaking for 20 minutes, that's going to come out to about 3,000 words. You know, if you're going to speak for 30, you know, add, that's going to be about 4,500 words. So, you know, you can kind of compare that to paper length, remembering that you're going to be doing, you know, some intro, a little bit of slight small talk that you're going to want to keep Uh that to a minimum at the beginning and at the end. But that kind of gives you an idea of what this might look like if it was written down on paper. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we're going to talk about some of these things, but you got to think about it in some ways similar to how you would think Mm -hmm. about a paper. It's different if you're working dialogically with another person. There's obviously a unique feature to that, but you're you're still you're trying. You have to communicate clear central points. You want to keep your themes to a manageable number. You you just you really need to stay focused. That's the important thing. And it's really really easy to go long in a podcast. That's the mistake most new podcasters make is they go far longer than their listeners are willing to listen. If you don't have a large amount of credibility. The most amount of time that people will give you is usually 15 to 30 minutes at a max. And so you need to be aware of that. 
is, you know, unless you are a, a very, very well-established people and people almost worship you, <laughs> you shouldn't be going for like two hours. But it's hard to even limit yourself to get below like 45. Yeah. Because you start talking, you talk out the issues, and before you know it, you look at your watch and it's been an hour. Mm-hmm. No, it's really easy to do. I mean, I in my podcasting experience, that has happened fairly regularly, especially if you're working with a topic that can invite different ideas or spark conversation beyond what's maybe on an outline in front of you. It's really easy. And the more knowledgeable you are about a topic, the more <laughs> likely you are to get off base and go es- off in a different direction. Especially if you're kind of new knowledge. If you just <laughs> acquired this, you kind of want to spew it all out, tell everything that you know all at once, Prove that you know it, but just like your professors don't want to read just a spew of everything you read in a book, (laughs) your listeners don't want to hear that on a podcast either. You need to cut and you need to trim, Mm -hmm. and that's where outlining really comes into play. Absolutely. Well, some people use this when they write academic papers. Everybody probably should, at least a little bit, to kind of keep in mind what you're trying to do. I think that probably a lot of seminarians get away with just sitting down and writing it all out. But an outline is a helpful tool even just for essay writing to say, okay, what are my main points? How am I going to unpack them? This is this is not rocket science. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But you start to think about that, and then you also start to think about sources. Like we've, we've talked about a little bit before, you're going to be referencing sources in a different way than you would in a paper, but you still have to have that in the background. How will you reference them? What are, where are they backing up? Maybe they're not referenced in the podcast, but maybe you're just putting them in the show notes. But still, right. you're looking at what sources are behind each point you're making. And then you're thinking about things like how you can incorporate question answer. And now this might sound kind of artificial. It might sound like you're forcing something, but it doesn't come off this way if you do it the right way. But it would be something like this. So for example, we'll use this for your purposes as we continue to move forward. I would say something like, well, Ben, tell me a little bit about how you might prepare for your next recording session. Well, the first thing I would want to do is I would want to create an outline with my partner. Then I would kind of go and and we would talk this out just like we were having an actual conversation. And yes, like you said, this can seem very artificial. That can seem very, very forced. But this is the structure. This is how you give your work its logical and rhetorical framing. Mm -hmm. I I think there's a lot of parallels between recording podcasts and homiletics because they're Mm -hmm. both spoken art forms. And I think... As you're outlining, it might even be good for you to think about crafting rhetorical units. You know, you you think about having your introduction and your conclusion and then a, a logical flow of points in between. Ideally, maybe even these, these little self-contained units, just like a paragraph would be at least semi-self-contained. Can you create in your outline self-contained sections of your conversation so that it's clear where you are, where you're going next, and maybe even think about how am I going to develop this point? Am I going to give examples? Am I going to give stories? Am I going to use quotations? Am I going to use explanations? So there's a lot of crossover between homiletics and between uh, podcasting. The main difference being that this is dialogical. But even then, yeah, even then, it's important for your work to have an organizational structure. Mm-hmm that is clear and easy for the listener to follow and that you're using kind of rhetorical devices as you go along to make your points persuasively. 
And and this, I mean, this should go without saying on some level, but it's important to remember that you really want to set yourself up for success so that people know what you're talking about from the beginning. So that's where intro comes in. And the same thing is true at the end. You want to summarize what you've just been talking about. But you're, you're really trying to set yourself up by saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is where we're going. This is the intent and purpose of our conversation. And sometimes even in those like really long form podcasts that maybe you've listened to, sometimes those are recorded afterwards. They'll go back in and say, what were the big themes that we ended up talking about? Oh, and yeah. then they'll record an intro based on that. I, I can I can tell you almost for a fact that that's what the professionals do mm-hmm. pretty much every time. They they don't entirely know, um, and they kind of do that summary at the end. Now, you won't have that luxury mm-hmm. as someone recording here at the seminary because you don't have that much editing power yes. at the moment or editing skill. And so you have to do your prep work first. You have mm-hmm. to come in with an outline. You You have to have this fully prepared. And there will be plenty of room for improvisation and development of new points as you go. That's what happens. That's the joy of conversation. And the outline gives you the freedom to do that, but it also makes sure that your listener is following. And and speaking of that sort of that dynamic, especially for this purpose of sort of the organic versus the rehearsed, it might make sense to actually rehearse, to actually sit down. It doesn't even have to be in front of a microphone, but to just sit down with your outline or if you want to have a script you decide to do, and we can talk about that more in a second, but consider sitting down and actually having that conversation. This will give you an idea of how long it's going to be. Maybe if you just need to get rid of some ideas or if you need to, or you have room maybe to add something, that's less likely probably. But <laughs> if you have some space where you need to fill in something, have a little bit more conversation to unpack it. And this might not be something that you do in the field. In fact, it's likely that you wouldn't once you're kind of more into the medium, but especially for this purpose, that might be something you want to do. Work it out ahead of time, map out timing, make sure you're familiar. And this, again, is so that you're ready to turn this in again as an assignment. Right. I mean, the best podcasts I've recorded are podcasts I've recorded twice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oftentimes that's because of, you know, equipment failure and it's like, whoops, turns out we weren't recording that whole time. But the second time is always better. And you can build that in by just sitting down with your partner or with the person you've recruited and having a conversation. And you will you will come up with things naturally through that rehearsal that you can then incorporate and make sure they're present in the final product. So mm-hmm. I, I really do think that rehearsal is is a good practice. And here at the seminary, because you're aiming for a high level of academic work with these recordings, I'd say it's almost required mm-hmm. to to do that rehearsal. And this will also give you an idea, again, if you need to use a script. Because, and, and there's some pros and cons to this. I mean, it's similar to the, yeah. the consistent debate among preachers about whether you can or should preach from a manuscript or not, whether that's okay or whether it's sort of lesser. There is a, a very similar dynamic at play. It sounds different when you're reading off of a page versus when you are speaking extemporaneously. And so if you're going to practice with a script, that needs to be in your mind. You need to be thinking about being, writing in an oral style, that recognizing that this isn't a written medium. This isn't just about reading it off a page. You're not reading a paper into a microphone. That is no, definitely not. not the point of the medium. And so if you're going to script it, you have to keep that in mind and be able to compensate for it. And if you're going to use an outline, you need to make sure you can stay on topic. So there's those kind of two things that you have to hold in tension a little bit. Right. And there's a lot of, it, it's almost more of a spectrum than an either or in that you may discover that you need a fairly detailed outline 
with lots of points on it, lots of sub points, Mm -hmm. and that that's kind of what keeps you on track. Or you may discover, you know, that you really just need a single header, you know, at transition points. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll kind of depend. And I've mentioned this before on, on our previous episodes, that if you are recording a solo podcast, if you do find yourself having to do that, I recommend that you work with a script because it is harder to just talk into a microphone in an empty room than it is to talk with another person. Mm -hmm. You are going, it is going to sound more professional. It is going to sound better if you use a script, if you're working alone. Unless you're someone who's just truly gifted with extraneous speech Mm -hmm. by yourself. Yeah. You know, which some people are. But when I listen to professional, well-done podcasts by scholars who are working alone, I can often tell they're using a script, not Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of cues and not because they're doing a bad job, but because I can tell because of how logically it flows, how precise they're speaking, Mm -hmm. that they're working from a script and they're very good at it. And this is where actually this is what, what we did at the parish when I was working on podcasts is our introductions were typically scripted Mm -hmm. because that would allow us to be precise and not fumble over our words right when we started. You start strong and precise, and then that could lead us into a more organic conversation. And we were able to have a pretty organized, thoughtful conversation off of a, a pretty sparse outline and keep it to a reasonable length. That was doable for us. But in order, but our, our, where would trip us up is the very beginning. Right. We would always stumble over our words, get a little lost, get a little confused. And so saying, this is what we're going to do, having a very clear script right at the beginning was one way that we dealt with that issue. And so there's there's things like that. Like you said, it's not necessarily an either or. There's some different options for how you might do that. And that's another reason why you might want to practice because you can start right. to get a feel for that. And now on the other hand, you know, when you're using an outline, when you're not having that script in front of you, giving you the ability to be precise based off of pre-planned language, you're challenging yourself to see how well you really know that topic. Yeah. Um, which is really what you're trying to demonstrate. You're, yep. you're trying to demonstrate competency if, mm-hmm. if you're turning this in as an assignment. And so if you've well-researched a topic, you should be able to speak without having your exact words pre-planned in front of you mm-hmm. on a topic with another person. And that's really one of the goals that this is, this is practicing is can I take this well-researched academic topic, can I have a real discussion with a real person about it? Yeah. And can I invite other people into that conversation? That's what yeah. podcasting is all about. Absolutely. So as we go into this last stage, which is just actually recording, some of this we talked about last week. So again, go back, refresh your memory, listen to last week if you haven't already, and we'll have some resources for you in the show notes as well with some written instructions on how to do some of these things. But Ben, go ahead and walk us through what it actually looks like to record. Yeah. So you've planned this out. You've done your research. You've created your outline. You have a sheet in front of you with any quotes that you're going to use because you do want to use a script if you need to be precise. And if you're quoting someone else, you need to be precise. Mm. So you have your outline and you have your sheet with your quotes on it, any that you're planning to use. You've scheduled with the library and with Dale Ward to use the recording room at the bottom of Seek. You've been given the SD card. 
So you come down to the bottom of seek, turn left, go down the hallway, turn left again, go into the padded crazy room. And inside you'll see two microphones, black box. You plug in that SD card and then you test your levels using the, by pressing the pause button, you'll be able to hear through the headphones that are also plugged into the gray box. You'll be able to hear what the two microphones sound like. Honestly, you shouldn't have to mess with the levels very much. I, I think that we've found that as long as the microphone is pointing towards your mouth off at a little bit of a 45-degree angle at about four inches or about a hand's length without the thumb from your mouth, mm. as long as it's that and you're speaking normally, you don't have to adjust the levels. When you're ready, you press the rec record button, the light will turn solid red. Now, I don't think we talked about this last week, but while you're recording, if you make mistakes... There's a button in the black box. It's at the top near the screen, and it's on the right side. It's a little pill button on the right side, and it just says mark. If you press that button, it'll put a little mark into the track, which you want to do if you make a mistake where you have to stop. So if you, like, if you stumble over your words, if you say, um, don't worry about that. But if you get completely off track and you have to say, like, all right, let's pause let's restart or let's start from the last unit, then you got to press that mark button. And when you turn in the podcast, you need to let the library know that you used a mark mm -hmm. because there's a special software required to read those marks. And actually, I'll try to provide a link to that software on the LibGuide if you want to see those marks for yourself. So while you're recording, you just talk like we've been, you know, preparing you to do for 20 to 30 minutes. And when you're done, you press the stop button. And at that point, you'll be able to take out the SD card, at which point you can return it to the library and they will edit it for you if you've signed up for one of the editing slots. Or we're hoping in the short term in the future to provide training guides for you to edit these podcasts for yourself. The file is saved as a WAV file, which is a lossless codex of audio so that you're kind of recording in as, as good a quality as you can. And the, you won't be able to turn that into your professor as is. It's too big of a file. Mm -hmm. Your professor can't handle a 300 you know, megabyte audio file. <laughs> it has to be edited down and compressed down to an MP3 codex, mm. which will put it at around 20 to 30 megabytes, which is something you can actually put in, say, an email. <laughs> so that's kind of the process of recording. And of course, we'll provide these steps for you on the LibGuide. And if it's your first time, I recommend you print that out too. And you bring it and you have all these papers with you. Uh -huh. You put them down on the table while you record so that you can reference them. Mm -hmm. But it's not art. We've tried to make this as easy as possible mm -hmm. so that anybody can do it. We want to make this an accessible enterprise. Well, as we close off our three episodes on podcasting, we appreciate that you've given us your time and we hope that you've been encouraged to use this medium, that you've been encouraged to tackle maybe something new and also see where it has some some similarity or some connections to what you've already done in the past. Hopefully this isn't crazy foreign for you. It'll be something that you can come into and see as a, a positive thing to try to do here. And maybe as time goes forward, we'll have a chance to reflect more on what this might look like in the parish. So you can yeah. stay tuned for that as well. And so keep this in mind, look into doing it, ask your professors and, and hopefully you will have a new way to share your knowledge and reflect on what you've learned here at the seminary. Thanks again and God bless. 
If you enjoyed Back to the Sources, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery.